Good morning. Boy, this is a beautiful day, a beautiful day, and it's just good to be in the house of the Lord and to be able to worship and, and greet friends. I just heard uh, Roger Gillespie told me he's got a good report. He had a body scan um, because, you know, he discovered uh, a tumor in the brain, but first step toward total healing is that when they did the body scan, um, there's no cancer in any other part of his body. And uh, amen. And the church say amen, amen. 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 So uh, today, uh, you know, we're in a series on growing, growing in God. And our signature verse is Luke 2, 52. And Jesus grew wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. That's our verse for the year. And, and our goal it's a grow, and we've been doing a series on growing in God and these last several weeks, especially on the favor of God, because when God's favor is on you, he opens doors for you, uh, you experience blessings way beyond your own abilities, and even when people don't necessarily like you or agree with you even, when the favor of God is on your life, they find themselves lining up with you and opening doors, because it's God, not necessarily you. It's all about God. Everybody say, praise God. praise God. So it's all about God. So this week we were looking at the story of, uh, of Samuel and how he happened to be uh, raised in the temple. And so as I was looking at his story, I, I worked on, we were really focusing on Samuel. How did he grow in the midst of difficult circumstances? And so I proceeded doing the message on that basis. But an interesting thing happened to me. As I began to focus on Hannah, who was Samuel's mother, the Lord began speaking to me because of her emphasis and focus on prayer. And I thought, oh, God, why are, you, uh, why are you wanting me to focus on this? And so, in fact, you're going to hear the next part of the message that I had planned to give today. It's going to be next week, but it's really focused on Hannah. And uh, it really grabbed my attention, her life of prayer. John Ortberg, a famous writer, said this about prayer, and it really resonated with me. This is what he said. What I've come to realize over time, and John was just saying how he's not really good at prayer, that uh, he prays, he'll start out praying, you know, some of the great men and women of God, they pray for half an hour, an hour, two hours before God. He said, I start praying, then my mind wanders. And uh, so this is what he said. What I've come to realize over time is that brief times of focused prayer interspersed with these wanderings is all my mind is capable of at this point. One day I hope to do better, but for now I find consolation in the words of Brother Lawrence. Brother Lawrence was, uh, 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 was a monk who was a member of the, of the Carmelites in Paris, and he actually uh, was a dishwasher. And uh, he became famous for his book, practice the presence of God, uh, died in relative obscurity, and people found his musings or his writings after he died, and they have become classics through the years for people wanting to know God. So anyway, he quotes Brother Lawrence. Brother Lawrence said this, for many years I was bothered by the thought that I was a failure, talking about prayer. Then one day I realized I would always be a failure. And I've gotten along 
much better ever since. <laughs> so you get this message in two parts. I've asked some readers to come up and share the uh, passage with you. So readers, would you come up, take your places here. Congregation, let's stand for the reading of God's word. And they will read to you from the book of First Samuel. First Samuel 1. There was a certain man from Ramathaim, a Zuphite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuph, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other called the other Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. But to Hannah he gave a double portion because he loved her, and the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Her husband, Elkanah, would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she had, was drunk and said to her, How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my lord. Hannah replied, I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. May your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning they arose and worshipped before the Lord, and then went back to their home in Ramah. Elkanah made love to his wife, Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, Because I asked the Lord for him. When her husband Elkanah went up with his, all his family to offer the annual sacrifice to the Lord and to fulfill his vow, Hannah did not go. She said to her husband, After the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord, and he will live there always. Then Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. Then Elkanah went home to Ramah, but the boy ministered before the Lord under Eli the priest. Eli's sons were scoundrels. They had no regard for the Lord. But Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy wearing a linen ephod. Each year his mother made him a little robe and took it to him when she went up with her husband to offer the annual sacrifice. Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife, saying, May the Lord give you children by this woman and take the place of the one she prayed for and gave to the Lord. Then they would go home, and the Lord was gracious to Hannah. She gave birth to three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. Now Eli, who was very old, heard about everything his sons were doing to all Israel. 
and how they slept with the women who served at the entrance to the tent of meeting. So he said to them, Why do you do such things? I hear from all the people about these wicked deeds of yours. No, my sons, the report I hear spreading among the Lord's people is not good. If one person sins against another, God will mediate for the offender. But if anyone sins against the Lord, who will intercede for them? His sons, however, did not listen to their father's rebuke, and for, for it was the Lord's will to put them to death. And the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with the people. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Thank you, Joe, Tom, Amanda, and James for that reading. You may be seated. So our goal is to grow, and, uh, you know, we're in Lent, and Lent is a time where you um, make sacrifices, fast, um, stop doing certain things. And so one of my um, decisions that I made is to um, fast and to cut that way back on media, especially ESPN. <laughs> Terry, she's laughing at me. Last Sunday, as I got up to speak, my phone was on and the ESPN sound uh, came on and it just reminded me. And so right after service, um, I deleted ESPN from my phone. And um, all right, that, that deserves a little a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, that's a big, you know, big deal. Um, but the other thing that's happened that's been interesting for me is that it's amazing how things that we do that are what we consider normal become a part of our practice really interfere with God speaking to us. Like, for instance, uh, I go out in the morning and uh, I'll read a passage of Scripture quickly and I go out, do exercise and go to the pool, come back. And then I fix breakfast. And while I'm fixing breakfast, automatically I come in the house, boom, put the TV on, background noise, I'm listening to the news or whatever, morning show. I just do that automatically. And uh, I ask myself the question, why do you do that? And so I stop doing that. And instead, I find myself um, listening to God, reading scripture, meditating. And then when Kathy and I eat together, my mind is focused on her and on God's goodness to me. And so this morning I went, I, uh, went out on the walk and I was praying. And um, really as I thought to myself as I was praying and walking, you don't do that enough. And so the Lord spoke to me and he's continuing to speak to me. And so we're going to focus today on Hannah. And I think God is speaking to me about my prayer life and probably like many of you you struggle in that area and there are many areas that we struggle in but God actually wants us to grow and to develop so today we're going to look at this and there are three principles that jumped out at me when I reviewed this story of Hannah and prayer number one was the power of persistent prayer the power of persistent prayer. Everybody say persistent prayer. Did you notice in this story how many times Hannah prayed? 
Wow. I mean, in verse 12, it says that she kept on praying to the Lord. Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Mm. I have been praying out of my great anguish and grief. She was in a protracted, emotional, painful experience and situation. She had no children. She was barren for a Jewish woman that was the ultimate disgrace to not have any children. And then added to it, plus she was ridiculed by the other woman, Penina. Year after year this went on, year after year. No children and the other woman reminding her of it. Huh. When you're in a hard situation and it goes on year after year, time goes on. Time happens. One of two things can happen to you. One, you can give in emotionally and get discouraged. You know, you can say something like, well, whatever happens, happens. That's the way it's been. That's the way it's going to be. And you can just kind of just give in. Or you can grow stronger and grow in your resolve to trust God. Have you ever heard the phrase, whatever doesn't kill you will make you stronger? <laughs> There's an even better perspective, more vital perspective that, than that in the Bible. It's in Romans 8.28. For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. Now, we quote that verse. I quote it a lot flippantly. Everything's working together for good. And sometimes you're in the middle of one big mess. And you're thinking, how is this good? But see, over time, over time, as we have to make a choice, and we always have a choice. We always have a choice. And you can choose to curse the pain, nurse the pain, or you can choose to trust God who will bring deliverance from the pain. And so over time, as we learn to trust him, we give God a chance to work through. The secret is where you put your focus. Where you put your focus. Hannah kept on praying to the Lord, and she experienced God's favor. After observing her persistence in prayer, Eli answered, Go in peace. May the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. Guess what? She received, I love this, she received the word of the Lord from her pastor, and she relaxed. You know, a lot of what we wrestle with is the inner turmoil we have and the stress we create. Somebody says, not so much what life does to you, it's your response to what life does to you. And so she heard from God, may the God of peace, and she heard it, and she relaxed. She let go of her angst, her emotional drama. I want to tell you about Vivian Parker. Vivian was a member of the church I served in as associate pastor in Portland. She was a grandmother and she got this idea. She was actually encouraging her granddaughter to pursue higher education or go to college. And she got this idea, this thought from God. And the thought was, go to college and get your bachelor's degree. Start college at my age? I'll be graduating from college when my granddaughter graduates. 
She thought she heard from God, but it didn't quite make sense. And she agonized over that decision for weeks. God, this doesn't make sense. I'm too, I'm too old to go to college. I don't have the money. And on and on, she's complaining and going back and forth on this. Finally, she came to her pastor, Pastor Garlington, and laid out her concerns. The biggest one being her age. And finally, her pastor said to her, Vivian, you believe God spoke this to you, but you think you're too old. I have a question for you. How old will you be if you don't go? He said, well, I'll be the same age. He said, well, trust God and go for it. And she did. Not only did she get her bachelor's degree, she went on and got her master's degree. She became an urban planner for the city of Portland. And when she retired, she retired with honors. The city honored her as a person who made an indelible contribution to the city of Portland because she was able to just back off from her internal turmoil and go with what God told her to do. Can somebody say amen? Amen. amen. Hannah let go of her inner turmoil and listen to her words as she responds to Pastor Eli. She said, after Eli spoke to her, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went her way and ate something and her face was no longer downcast. Now watch this. Early the next morning, they arose and worshiped before the Lord. Everybody say, worship before the Lord. The other key word in this passage is early. <laughs> early they worshiped before the Lord, then went back to their home at Ramah. Think about that. Got up, first thing they did was come and experience the worship and the power of God. Some of you straggle in after the worship is done. You're missing out on something. <laughs> They got up early. Everybody said early. <laughs> Woo! And worshiped before the Lord. Then went back home to Ramah. And Elkanah made love to his wife, Hannah. And the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I have asked the Lord for him. Question, do you think that perhaps the fact that she backed off from her emotional trauma, number one. She said, I'm going to believe and I'm going to trust God. And then secondly, she got up early that morning and worshiped God and then came back home and got pregnant. Do you think that had something to do with it? I think so, my friends. We don't know for sure. But God put those words in there for a reason, to remind us of the importance of worship. Can somebody say amen? Notice the immediate benefits of worship. When you've been in God's presence, it will do something for you. Mm. It'll calm your spirit. Worship will change your outlook. Worship will put a pet in your step. Hallelujah, glory to God. And God answered her prayer, and she has a child now. But guess what? She keeps on praying. Everybody say, keep on praying. Oh, if God's beginning to do something for you and you have a breakthrough, don't stop now. Keep on praying. If you've been hanging out in God's presence and beseeching him to do something, to restore your finances, to restore your relationship, to open doors for you, and you begin to see something good happening, don't stop now. Keep on praying. Hallelujah. Turn to the person next to you and say, keep on, keep on praying. 
Listen to her in chapter 2. My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord my horn is lifted high, my mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. In fact, when you read chapter 2 of 1 Samuel, she goes on for about 10 verses. I didn't include them all here. 10 verses where she just saying, God, you're good, you're powerful, you're strong, you're mighty, and on and on. She's celebrating the goodness of God. Friends, we can't go wrong when we recognize he's good and he's powerful. Amen? Amen. Somebody said hallelujah. Everybody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Ooh, that was good. Everybody shout hallelujah again. Hallelujah. <laughs> Some of you were listening. <laughs> Hallelujah again. Let me give you the ABCs of prayer. And there's lots of them. But here's some. A. When you pray, start out adoring God. God, I thank you. Oh, words that show you love God and know he's wonderful. Talk about how inspiring God is, how he ministers to you. But adore him. Just get in his presence. Say, God, he's just good. God, I love you. Sometimes it's hard for, especially we men. Women can use love words a little easier, but for us guys, we kind of hope nobody's watching me or listening to me here. But God, I love you. God, I love to come into your presence. Adore him. A, that's B. Then believe in God's abilities. Come to God in faith. God said it. I believe it. That said it. Lord, I believe you are able. You can move mountains. You can touch this situation. God, you can work on my behalf. God, I believe you. I choose to trust you in my situation. A, adore him. B, believe in God's ability. C, confess your sins. You know you got stuff to confess. Stop stonewalling, God. You know what? This week, <laughs> my gorilla came out. I think I'm a nice guy, you know, and but every once in a while, when I'm talking to Kathy. That ugly side comes out. It came out. It came roaring out this week. Uh, and as soon as my lips uttered what I said and the way I said it, I went, oh. Now, I'll be honest. I didn't confess it to her right away. It took me a couple of minutes to come back and say that I wasn't called for. I'm sorry. But you know what? More than confessing to her, to confess to God. God, this is a woman that you gave me who loves me and who serves me, who cares for me. And this is the way I treated her. God, I'm sorry. Adore God. Believe in his abilities. C, confess your sins. And then D, it's the A, B, C, D. D, delight in his glory. I did this this morning when I was out on my walk. I was walking for exercise, but it really became a prayer walk. You just go out and look at his creation. The Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God. Just look at God's creativity. I was walking in there in Laguna Woods and just look at the brilliant colors. And then sometimes I've gone out on a walk and I put my iPad on so I could hear good music. This morning, no iPad. I heard the music of the birds singing. Oh, I was just walking along thinking about God. And then I saw some crows. The crows cracked me up. You ever watch a crow walk? <laughs> I was watching a crow. I started cracking up. God has a sense of humor. Have you ever been to the zoo or whatnot and watched a camel eat? You go next you watch a camel. That is the funniest thing to see a camel. But 
God created all of that. He created each one of us. Have you taken a look at yourself recently in the mirror? <laughs> but with your uniqueness and our God did that. The beauty, the color, delight in his glory. A, adore him. B, believe in his ability. C, confess your sins. And delight in the creation and in the glory of God. Hebrews 10.23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. So, I saw in Hannah's story the power of persistent prayer. Then secondly, the benefits and the joy of giving. After he was weaned, she took the boy with her young as he was, with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. When the bull had been sacrificed, they brought the boy to Eli, and she said to him, Pardon me, my Lord, as surely as you live, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him, so now I give him to the Lord. Wow. For his whole life he shall be given over to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord, Samuel. That is, Samuel worshiped the Lord there. A friend gave me, Jerry McLaughlin, gave me a brand new New American Standard leather Bible with all of the maps and the concordance, all that. And uh, he just gave it to me, and I was thinking about that this morning, Jerry. Uh, actually, he had purchased the Bible two weeks earlier, but his birthday was coming up, and his wife gave him an exact uh, Bible just like that, so he had two. And uh, actually, we have the same birthday, Jerry and I. And it was close to my birthday, so he gave me his Bible. And But this is what he wrote in the Bible as he said to me. He said, Henry, I'm delighted to give you this, this expensive Bible. And I said, well, thank you for blessing me with this wonderful gift. And then he showed me what he had written. This is what he wrote in it. Only what we give is blessed. What we receive is someone else's blessing. Only what we give is blessed. What we receive is someone else's blessing. Wow. Yes, I was blessed by his gift, but the real blessing was not what I received, but what he gave. Giving will open the door for God's favor in your life. Last week, I went into State of Brothers, and uh, it was in the afternoon. I went to get some Ritz crackers and some apples to snack on whenever I get a little hunger attack. And so the cashier rang up the order, and as I was leaving, the woman behind me said to the cashier, I believe this is his apple. I had bought several apples, but I guess one of them drifted into her food. And so the, the cashier went, oh, I forgot. So she rang it up, and she said, that will be 60 cents, sir. So I didn't have any change, and I'm looking in my pocket and in my wallet to get the change. And while I'm looking, she says, put it on my bill. I said, Really? And she said, with the biggest smile, no problem. Wow. We both walked out with smiles. But she had the biggest smile. You know, I've been in a similar situation like that before where I've had the privilege to bless another shopper. And I know the feeling. You just feel 10 feet 
call. You just, you feel the favor of God when you give. Only what is given is blessed. What we receive is someone else's blessing. Let's look at Hannah again. After he was weaned, she took the boy with her young and went along with a three-year-old bull, so forth. So now she says, I give him to the Lord. For his whole life he shall be given over to the Lord. Giving is such a powerful thing. Can I just take a moment and talk just about giving? You know, God encourages us to have a spirit of generosity. One of the key passages, and I quote it to you, Many times as we're receiving the offering, Luke 6, 38, given it shall be given back to you. But listen to this passage. And you ought to mark this down and look at it when you get home. It's 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 15. It says this. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. In other words, you get what you give. You give a little, you get a little. It's a maxim. It's a principle. Secondly, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Giving is a private thing between you and God. Whatever you decide to give, decide to do that. But recognize the maxim, though. I mean, it's your decision. You can decide you're going to put a dollar in the offering plate? Or you're going to put 10? The standard, the gold standard is 10%. You make $100, you give $10. And by the way, let me challenge you to do this. Give 10% to God. Save 10% for yourself. You say, why? Well, you should be saving. You should be saving so that you can take care of family needs and emergency needs and so that you can give to the poor and those who are in need. You should be saving so that in your younger years, when you are most capital rich, when you get to your older years, you will have a supply that will help you in those years so you can continue to give to the Lord and continue to take care of needs. So save, give 10% to God, 10% to yourself, live on 80%. Amen? God is able to bless you. This is what it says. For God, oh, give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able, everybody say he's able, to bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times, I love that, in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work as it is written. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge your harvest of righteousness. And so this passage encourages us to have a generous spirit. Generous in how we give to God. Generous in how we give to our families. Generous in how we give to the poor. Generous in how we give our time. Generous in how we share our talents. By the way, I'm so grateful to hear uh, Carolyn Reese, Caroline Reese this morning joining the worship team. And Zoe has recently joined over there in the band. Let's give these two young people a great big hand. Amen. And James reading the 
scripture this morning. Uh, I, I love to see our young people stand up and step up. And uh, God is good. And so whenever you give, you are blessed. So uh, getting back to Samuel and to Hannah. But Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy wearing a linen ephod. Each year his mother made him a little robe and took it to him. And she went up with her husband to offer annual sacrifice. Every year while he was serving, she made this robe for him. Every year. And don't you think when she came with that robe, she reminded Samuel about the fact that he is even a person because she prayed for him. She probably made that robe. Every year she probably did something a little more different for him, you know, maybe a little wrinkle over here, a little sash over here. He's getting a little bigger, so she enlarged it. And while she's putting it on him saying, son, I just want to remind you that for a long time you didn't exist. For a long time I felt disgraced. For a long time I was under pressure. Because it looked like God wasn't going to come through. She said, but bless God, when I got to the place where I could relax and turn it all over to God. And Pastor said to me, trust him, and I could do that. Then I relaxed, and you came along. Son, I'm so grateful for you. But don't forget the secret and how you're going to last in this situation is to trust God. And bring your troubles and your plans and everything. Bring it before God. And now... Samuel was in a difficult place, so let me get to my close. Because point number three is you can grow and experience God's favor in the most dire, unhealthy, uncomfortable, and even diabolical circumstances. Think about it. Samuel was separated from his parents at birth. They brought him to the house of God. You know, kids can be cruel sometimes. I remember my brother and I once said to my sister, my parents found you in a shoebox. You, you're not even part of our, our normal family. Look at you. You look different. You know, kids say some awful things. <laughs> Renee, my sister, Renee. I did not win a shoebox. She would, and then we'd, we'd laugh at her. Cruel. Think about what Samuel heard from his other friends. Your parents don't love you. They brought you to the house of God. The reason why they brought you was because you're such a pain. They couldn't even stand you. And year after year, who do you think you are? He had to endure separation from his parents. Then he had to live in a situation. Eli was a man of God, but he didn't discipline and take care of his boys right. He watched Eli's sons do all that crap. Take advantage of women in the house of God. Samuel must have seen a lot go on. And yet, in spite of it all. Everybody say in spite of it all. Listen, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you've experienced right now. I don't know what the challenges are in your life. But listen, friends. In spite of it all, God can bring through and work through deliverance in your life. Yes, he can. How did Samuel do it? And I close with this. Gets back to the ABCDs. I believe Samuel learned from an early age the power of adoring God. And in the midst of whatever came up, he just said, God, I love you. God, this not the, I wouldn't have orchestrated it this way, God, but I thank you that you're here and that you love me. I was thinking as I went on my walk this morning, 
And I was quiet before the Lord. I just felt the Lord say to me in the midst of challenges, and Kathy and I have challenges just like you have. We were talking about some of those challenges last night. But guess what I heard from the Lord as I was walking? I heard God say to me, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Henry, I know you've got challenges, but I'm with you. I brought you to this place. I appointed you. I anointed you. And I'm with you. Listen, when you get into God's presence and you say, God, I just love you. When you adore him. When you believe that faithful is he who did it, who will also believe in my life verse, Philippians 1, 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work will complete it. When you believe God, and then when you get just be honest with God, say, God, yes, I'm not going to try to, it's not the time of the month, it's not how old I am, it's not the economy, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. God, would you forgive me? Confess my sin. And then when you delight in him, God will give you what you need to move forward in power and in grace because he's that kind of God. Everybody shout, God is good. good. He is good. Next week, I'm going to give you the second part of this message. Five items that you can use as a gauge to see if the favor of God rests on your life. They are the abiding presence of God, tangible benefit in the lives of others, the fingerprints of God left on the lives of others, personal refreshing, and the work of our hands is blessed. We'll look at that next week. But for now, let's close. Let's bow in prayer. Father, I thank you that you love us and you care for us. As we continue in worship, may we recognize that everything that we have comes from you and all the challenges that we face you are able to bring us through when we learn to trust you and depend on you be with us we pray as we move forward as we grow in Jesus name and all God's people say amen